Hi everyone, I'm Josh. And I'm Jim. And this is the Dapper Meeple. This show is about our love of gaming, the games we play, and the gaming community around this passion. So pull up a chair, put on your favorite hat, and join us at the table. Hey kids, remember, this is an adult podcast and may contain adult language. Also, Dapper Meeple hat, not required. On this very first episode of the Dapper Meeple, we want to introduce ourselves, let you know how we got here, and talk about where we want to go. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. All right, so here we are. We're finally on our first episode, and thank everybody for being here, for listening to this. Um, If you found us accidentally, welcome, and I hope that you're going to jump in here and hear something you like and stick with us. So like you heard from our intro, I'm Jim. Sitting across from me is my brother, Josh. This first episode is going to be all about you getting to know us. I'll tell you that this has been a project that has been over a year in the making. And we're finally getting it started. So this is us. Both of us have been gamers for a very, very long time. Uh, We especially enjoy tabletop gaming um, and the community that surrounds it. Uh, We have been very fortunate to meet many people from all sorts of walks of life that enjoy this hobby and have a passion for it. And that's one thing that we really want to bring out um, with this podcast is bringing those people to the light and showing that there is an awesome community surrounding this passion. Personally, for my gaming history, I started in board games. Around 2007, um, I played my very first game of Catan. Um, And it's all been uphill from there. I have a very large collection currently, uh, somewhere around 70 games that we try to get together at least once a week to play. This is something that we are both very passionate about and we love sharing and talking about it with friends, family, and others that we just meet. Very much game pushers because this is such a great hobby. This is something that we enjoy sitting around a table and doing with people. We want to share with you um, some of our favorite gaming moments just to, again, let you guys get to know us, see kind of who we are and, and what we're all about. I guess we'll talk about gaming history. What brought, I know, for me into this. And I'll tell you that I come from more of a tabletop RPG background. When I was growing up, there wasn't a whole lot of board games. Now, I remember a couple of games that I played very vividly. Risk. Risk was always one that we would play. Stratego was another favorite of mine, but it wasn't ever really a big deal. And as far as tabletop games would go, that was a no. Um, We did grow up in a pretty religious house, but I think uh, there wasn't a lot of that influence from the outside. As a matter of fact, the only stuff that I remember in my childhood about any tabletop gaming was a cousin of mine in Indianapolis that was playing D&D, but that turned into he never leaves his room and he wears all black. So uh, I don't think those two things are related. But that was all, that was my experience with tabletop. So I grew up, um, I did play a lot of video games. Um, I had the Nintendo, uh, the Super Nintendo, the Nintendo 64. Who doesn't remember Star Fox? One of the greatest games on that console. I'll say it right here. So I definitely enjoyed, you know, just gaming in general. So uh, I ended up joining the Navy um, because I wanted to see the world and... It's mostly water. It made sense at the time. Um, and I met a couple of friends of mine uh, that were actually gamers. And one of them came to me and he was like, hey, why don't you come give it a try, right? 
And I was like, what are we playing? He's like, oh, it's Dungeons and Dragons. And I was like, oh, that's the evil one. And uh, he was like, no, what? Uh, he definitely, definitely had a positive spin on it that I had heard before. Um, but I was kind of like, you know, I don't think it's for me. I'm still figuring some stuff out. And it took me a little while. Eventually, um, we got to actually play a game on the computer. We would go online and play. It was an old MUD and Gemstone 4. And Gemstone 4 is an entirely text-based, for those of you that don't know what the multi-user dungeon used to look like. It was all text-based, so everything you did, you're reading off the screen, and you're responding with commands, you had to learn them all, things like that. But one of the big things about that game is it enforced role-playing. So my character, who was a dwarf, was a dwarf. At no point did we reference the outside world within the game. And I got into that. And I was like, this is... This is cool. This is for me. I like this. And my buddy told me, he's like, yeah, imagine being able to sit around and do this just in a group of people at a table. So I was like, oh, oh, wait a minute. This might be for me. So I gave it a try. And now I'm going to date myself a little bit here because my first D&D experience was advanced D&D, the second edition. And things were different. And we'll talk about those. Maybe as we, this podcast goes on, um, we may even dive into discussing what Thaco is, um, one of the worst mechanics ever. Uh, but that's what we had, so that's what we used. Um, I ended up playing a campaign with Second Edition that lasted uh, about four years, mostly because it was with a good friend of ours, Joe, and he was on a different ship than we were on. So it was Joe running the campaign, me and my friend Wheeler and Joe's wife playing characters. And it was fantastic, and I loved it. And there was something that, for the rest of my time, you know, I'm always going to... That's that's the experience that I'm going to compare TTRPGs to. Like, sitting at a table and playing with friends like that. Eventually, you know, 3rd Edition came out, and we jumped on that bandwagon. And it was pretty good. I liked 3rd Edition. I liked playing it. I liked being able to, you know, build the characters, to build the stories. That's where I started DMing on my own. Uh, and then I kind of fell off of it because things were busy and I got married and had kids. Uh, and it took a couple years before I finally got back around. I tried to get into fourth edition and play a little bit there. Just didn't stick, which I'm sure a lot of people probably have similar experience. Um, when fifth edition came out, I was like, hey, I want to go play again. Like I've, I realized that, you know, the video games that I was playing too were all like RPGs. You know, I'm looking for the same thing out of a video game. Um, and I think that's probably about the time that you and I started playing on some Xbox Live stuff. Yeah, I, I believe right around that time. Of course, I remember Gemstone 4, well, Gemstone 3 when we started originally. Uh, that was the, being a, 11 years his younger, uh, when he first took his deployment to Japan, the only way we talked to each other was through that game. So we would log in and... While our characters would be role playing, of course, uh, we would have a completely different conversation and whispers going back and forth, uh, just checking on each other, seeing how we're doing, you know, updating each other about life and all that sort of stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, it was um, the way that we connected with each other uh, through that type of game. Um, and I that was really my first foray into RPGs as well. Um, I didn't hit the tabletop um, RPG scene really until 5th edition came out. Yeah. 
Um, I, I never really had a group of people that I had encountered or was surrounded with, um, that actually played, um, Dungeons and Dragons or any tabletop RPG, um, until then. Um, I had, of course I had dice and all sorts of things, um, that I picked up from when he would come home and would accidentally leave his dice. Um, I usually caught them and probably part of the reason I'm a dice goblin today. Um, but I would take them and of course I would come up with my own versions of RPGs to play with my friends at school. Cause I didn't have a rule book or a rule set. I knew kind nice. of enough to be dangerous. Um, so we would make up rules and we would roll the dice and we would talk about these characters that, um, you know, obviously we didn't have anything to base them off of outside of our experience in these kind of games. Um, as, I got older and began playing more video games. I've always been drawn to RPGs. Of course, games like Skyrim and Fallout, those series. Um, that ability to immerse yourself in another world um, and be a completely different character is something that always spoke to me. Um, and then with 5th edition coming out and the ease of entry of it um, really just opened the door for me to step onto the the tabletop scene. Um, I've tried a few others um, in regards to that, um, different systems and especially some of the Star Wars RPGs and things like that. Um, but honestly, I keep getting drawn back into fifth edition. Uh, just there's something about um, the simplicity of the rule set and the way you can really manipulate it to whatever your needs and the story you want to tell. Um, that makes it something absolutely spectacular. Now, it's definitely not without its flaws. Um, that's that goes for probably any kind of game. But there's there's a certain magic to it and the way that you are able to um, tell a story with the people around the table. And I think that's one of the biggest things that even still now. Um, and I'm sure you can relate that we have friends that we met around the table and we have not really had any real life interaction or adventures or anything with them, but they're still friends that, you know, we check in on and people that we care about. And most of our experience has been through that shared storytelling at the table. Right now we have a game that's been going for about two years. Uh, Josh actually kicked it off with a campaign in Theros. No, I'm sorry, Ravnica. Yep. Um, in the Ravnica setting, uh, it was great. And we had a couple of friends of ours that we met through Xbox Live. And we were talking about it. And they came in and said, hey, what are you talking about? And we're like, no, I mean, we're talking about doing a D&D &D game. And it was immediate interest. You know, this is when... Uh, I think this is kind of post-Critical Role starting, so it was really kicking off. Yeah, it was right about the that same time when Critical Role was becoming a large thing and starting to get mainstream headlines and things like that, um, where people were starting to see more of what this game could be um, than the stigma that surrounds it from you know past decades. Um, that's been a lot of the barrier to entry, I think, with Dungeons and Dragons is what people have always heard about it versus what it actually is. Yeah. yeah. And un unfortunately, there we grew up in that where we didn't know about it. We'd never heard of it. We didn't know what it was, what it could be um, or anything like that until we were finally able to be introduced to it and see what this kind of storytelling experience can be. Yeah. Uh, the joys that can come with it, you know, the frustrations, especially when your dice only seem to want to come up as ones, um, which happens more often than anyone wants to admit. 
But nonetheless, there's that shared experience that you have with those other people at the table um, that absolutely keeps drawing us back. What other systems have you played that you really enjoyed? Um, I have played the uh, the Fantasy Flight Star Wars system. Um, I played. Hey, you know Tyler's going to hear this, right? Go ahead. Yeah, I, I have played uh, a few games of that. I even ran a couple um, back when it first came out. Um, it was it was good. Again, it it's all comes down to a matter of preference. I I just always felt like fifth edition had the ability to really um, mold the story in right. ways that I enjoy. Yeah. Um, and that's what kind of made made it my usual go to. There are a lot of other systems out there that um, I would like to try, and I'm sure eventually we'll get around to uh, one way or another. But again, kind of fifth edition just keeps bringing me back in that regards. Uh, yeah, and I'm that I'm the same way. And you've seen like we played together. Um, it was funny that we had had discussions, and you know we would do like theory crafting for characters and stuff. And for the longest time, we had never sat at a table together and played until we started our own game. So, but I think I'm the same way. I've watched how Josh runs a game. I've watched how Josh plays and he's seen me play. And now I've taken over the duties of running the game um, for our group and very much story, like the rule of cool. Like I want a good story at the end of the day. That's my number one priority when it comes to how I run the games and even how I play. Yeah. In fact, we still have not played in a game together. That's true. Uh, the only That's ones true. we've actually been in together, one of us has been the DM. But I, I'm sure we'll get there one day. And, and kind of um, shifting gears in that regards, um, obviously another thing that we want to bring up in this podcast is board gaming. Yeah. Um, I come from more of a board gaming side. Um, in college, I was introduced to board gaming by one of my close friends. I was fortunate to grow up or to go to college in an area that had probably one of the best game stores I've ever gone to. Um, it was in Greenville, South Carolina. The store's name is Boardwalk. If any of you are listening or in that area, if you haven't heard of it, if you haven't been there, go check it out. Um, I w- I started the first time I walked in the doors was around uh, 2008 and immediately I was hooked. One of the owners was there. Um, his name was John. He was an older guy who was in the store all the time and he would just go around to people in the store and just talk to them, have conversations with them. And he would ask him, Hey, what are you looking for? You know, what have you played? Um, and me, I, I had showed up at that point only having played Catan. And I walk into this store that has shelves upon shelves of all these games that of course they all look amazing. I've never heard of most of them. Um, but we all go through that when you first start playing board games, you want to try them all. Um, and John, what he would do is he would have a board game set up, um, usually like one or two a week. And he would take you and show you, Hey, this is the game. This is how you play it. Let's play a couple rounds, um, and see what you think. And after the first time of him taking me and showing me that it was, it was absolutely something that, I wanted to be doing for the rest of my life. Um, I've played now at this point, probably close to a hundred, 120 games. Um, I own about 70 of them. Board games are just something that um, there's so many experiences that can be crafted around them. Um, whereas tabletop RPGs are very free flow. You can tell whatever story you want to tell with them. Board games have a specific, you know, genre or story that they're going with but they still bring that same sense of community right um, yeah. to the games 
I'll tell you, I actually picked up board gaming partially from Josh and partially from uh, my first 5e D&D group. When I decided I wanted to get back into it, I put out a post on meetup.com, I believe is the website, where just kind of a general, hey, here's, you know, people that want to do the same thing you do and people for camping or saving trees or hugging puppies. There's all kinds of stuff on there. But I was like, hey, I'm looking for a fifth edition D&D group. I don't really know anything. I haven't played it. I do have prior experience. And I put that post up there and saw nothing for like two months. Absolutely nothing. And I kind of forgot about it. And one day I got this message from someone and it was, or a message, I think it was from the website. And they were like, Hey, you've got a message. And I was like, Oh, and I went back over to check it. Somebody had responded to my message looking for someone to run a fifth edition game. Then it was just pages that happened in like a week of responses. And the person that responded, um, her name is Leslie. She is my official DM. When I talk about my DM, it's Leslie. I've played with her for years now. But she just said, hey, I'd be interested in running a game. And there were tons and tons and tons of responses. And I finally got back to it and was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just kind of forgot about this. But yeah, we decided, all right, let's have a meeting and, you know, get people together in person. That was, you know, back when people used to get together in large groups and craziness like that. We were breathing on each other. It was crazy. Pre-COVID. So we decided to get together and put the group together. We had like 15 people show up. And we were like, oh, this doesn't look good. And at the time, it was me and the girl that I was dating. And we were like, Leslie, we're with you. Pick like three or four more. The rest of them are going to have to figure out their own group. So we ended up making like three D&D groups right there and kind of all broke off from it. Um, but that was my first That was my first experience with 5th edition was what Leslie was running for us. And, you know, on the days where we had people missing and stuff or people not showing up, we would default over to board games. So between the two of you, you know, I really got into board games and realized that there's so much more out there than, you know, the Milton Bradley stuff that, you know, we were used to seeing. There are board games out there for any, I mean, if you have something that you like, there's probably a board game out there in that genre. Um, That is one thing that uh, I believe uh, in conversations that I've had with people um, who I would consider probably non-gamers if I had to label them. When I bring up board games, they say, oh, yeah, I've played Monopoly and I have this this head shake that I have to do every single time, um, because while Monopoly has, you know, stood tall for generations and generations, the designer board games that are out now and the ones that are coming out are so on a completely different level. Um, in the way that they're able to engage the players playing them, not only that, but keep them engaged. In Monopoly, you know, once you run out of money, you're out of the game, and that game will go on for four more hours, and you're left sitting there, you know, hoping that your friend, you know, is able to get Boardwalk and Park Place so they win. Um, or also, it might split up all your friendships you've ever had. Um, Good old but, capitalism, baby. <laughs> but the new games that come out, you know, they are engaging the players for the entirety of the game. There, There's not a, um, a situation where a player gets knocked out and then the game continues for a long time because we all realize that feels bad for whoever that is that gets knocked out. And just kind of I've enjoyed as I've gotten and delved into this hobby more, I've enjoyed showing people what is out there. You know, whether it be at a lunch break at work, you know, breaking out a quick 20 minute game and just showing people, hey, come check this out. You know, this is not Monopoly. This is not, you know, Clue. This is not those games that you've played all your life. Let me show you something different. 
Um, and the reaction is overwhelmingly positive um, because many people just don't know that that even exists. Right, right. What's a uh, favorite gaming moment? Um, so my favorite gaming moment probably comes the first time I ever played Pandemic. For those of you listening, if you have not played Pandemic, it is a cooperative game in which you and the other players are try- are a group of either scientists or workers trying to stop four diseases from ravaging the world. There are about eight different ways that the game can beat you. It is a very grueling um, game, depending on what difficulty you set it on. I probably have maybe a 20% win rate in the game just because it's it it's there. My favorite moment, though, it was probably the fifth or sixth game we were playing. We were down to the very wire. Uh, we had three of the diseases were pretty much wiped off the board. We had one more to go, but we only had two turns to do it in. So we were playing through the game. One of my friends drew the perfect card that he needed to be able to move himself across the map. Uh, and finish off the last disease. It was one of those moments that I think modern board games are very good at, creating these moments um, of tension where it could go either way down to the wire. Some games, of course, do it a lot better than others, um, but Pandemic is one of those that you you have those moments and you never forget them. In that moment, as we were waiting to see you know, if we could finish this and complete this last disease before we lost the game that tension is something that i will always remember and it's something that i look for in the games that i play now pandemic is still one of my favorite games and that has been years now since i i've first played it it's still on my shelf i still have some of the iterations of it because it is that good and honestly it's probably one of the reasons why i lean towards co-op games as one of my favorite genres yeah definitely so for me, again, I came from that more of a tabletop RPG background. And one of my favorite gaming moments, it was in that first campaign that we played. Uh, it was, like I said, three players, myself, uh, my friend Wheeler, and then our DM's wife, Tara, was playing with us. And second edition, uh, we were pretty high level. We were decent. I want to say we might have been like eh, near like 10 or 11 or so. And our party gets sent out into this swamp to hunt a black dragon. So we're looking for a dragon and a dungeon. Like this has all the hallmarks of a great epic kind of quest, right? And we get out there and we find it and it just thrashes us. Like it was ugly. Like that was almost the end of the campaign. Ugly. Somebody pulled a rope trick out or something and we got out of the way and got away from it. Right. So we take some time. We heal up. We take some rest. We're like, okay, so we want to go back out into the swamp because we had, I think we ducked into a cave. Like, no, 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 let's see where this cave goes. So we follow the cave, right? And deeper into the cave, we get to this point and Joe starts describing how the cave opens up into this massive, like, cathedral-type opening. And there's this just, you know, huge empty space where your light doesn't even make it in there. And we hear a voice, you know, surprised to see us. And we find the evil priest that apparently we were looking for. And behind the evil priest is that black dragon. The same one, right? So we're like, what do we do? We're like, well, we're not going to be able to fight it because that didn't work out. So we're going to haul ass back to the cave and go back through that little bitty hole it can't fit into, right? Cool. So for those of you who've ever played, you know, you can only move so far. We're in rounds. So we start making the run back. And I'm like, 
still very new at this. Like, Joe, am, is everybody going to make it to the cave before this thing gets to us? And he's like, no, he will probably get an attack or whatever. I'm like, cool, playing the dwarven fighter of the group. So I was the official meat shield with a sentient axe because dwarf, <laughs> right? Very second edition. So I was like, I'm going to turn around and take a swing at it. And Tara, she's like, you're out of your mind. What are you doing? Just run. I was like, no, no, no. We're not all going to make it. We might as well get a shot in, right? So I turn around. I take my swing. And I mean, he's like, all right, it's close enough. You take your swing and you boop it. Like minor damage. You know, I mean, I'm talking full scale. This is an adult dragon. So Tara's character, who was in second edition, she was a cleric-mage combination, turns around and she casts a spell. And I I can almost remember it. Slay living, right? So back in second edition, magical creatures like dragons had magical resistance before they made their saving throw. So Joe rolls his magical resistance and fails it. So he's like, all right. He's like, but with my saving throws, I have to roll a one to actually fail. Because in second edition, a one was a guaranteed fail on anything. He drops the dice and I will never Forget the look on his face, slack-jawed, open mouth as it came up a one. <laughs> Our cleric had single-handedly killed this thing that had just completely destroyed our party prior to this episode. And it drops, and it took Joe a second. Like, there might have been tears. Like, it was so fast that it was over. And of course, my dwarf, facing the dragon, having just laid one hell of a hit onto its nose was like, this is the most awesome axe ever. <laughs> and that was it. That was the end of that adventure. But that was one of the best gaming moments. And from, from that, you know, from then on, sitting down at the table, like we've talked about, the people you meet, the shared experience, that's what you're always looking for. Yeah, I, I think that's part of, or that's the main reason why we wanted to bring this podcast to life. Mm. Um, because we have, um, so many moments that we could probably do episode upon episode of, of both ones that we've played together and moments we played separately that all reinforce this fact of there is nothing like being at a table with each other. This past year has been hard for that. Obviously with COVID and all the things going on in the world, it's been difficult to sit down with each other. Um, fortunately, online has become something of um, really grown to meet this expectation. Um, that's what our, our game that we've been playing for two years has been strictly online. Uh, Which happens when you have people in South Dakota. Yep, exactly. Um, but we have been able to still have those shared experiences, even though we're not sitting around a physical table. And that's one of the things that prompted us with this idea. Um, in 2019, before everything went all, you know, pear shaped, we went to PAX Unplugged in Philadelphia, one of the first real big conventions that I know I had ever gone to. And I, I think for same for you. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but we I, st I still remember the first day walking in. Uh, we got there before the doors were open because we were extremely excited. We made the drive up the night before we were running on something like four hours of sleep. 
And we walked in early and we're like, oh, man, nothing's open, but I'm starving. So we we walked right in first. We were like, oh, this isn't bad. You know, we had no idea what to expect. So we we went out. We walked across the street. We grabbed some breakfast. We came to go back over and the line was wrapped around the convention center. And we're like, oh, my goodness. Uh, So it took us. We walked in in five minutes the first time. It took us about 35 to get back in once it opened. Um, But nonetheless, those three days of gaming um, just walking around the convention hall, seeing all these um, different new games that were coming out, just the whole experience of a convention, um, which I hope we can get back to later this year. Um, that was one of the things that prompted us to want to become more involved in this community. Um, obviously, we we've played a lot. We do play a lot. Um, but there's there's a different side of it when you begin, you know, creating content. And one of the things we wanted to do that we saw at this convention was really bring as many people to the table as we can. You heard in our intro, that's kind of our thing. We, we want to have a spot for every person at the table because no matter what your background is, no matter where you come from, you can join in and have these kind of experiences, tell these stories, live these exciting moments, um, whether it's, you know, tabletop RPGs, board games, whatever medium you're looking at doing, um, those are the stories that we want to share with people at the table. Absolutely. And yeah, um, PAX U was such a, I mean, if you ever do get the chance to go, if you're into this hobby even remotely, um, it was such a good time. Um, people in Philadelphia are definitely something you should experience. So we were up there and like Josh said, we, you know, we wanted to do something. We started making some content. For me, it was really a, yeah, I want to be part of this. Like, this is something that we've been doing on our own, and I definitely want to get into it. And of course, that was uh, November 2019, October, December. Was it December? Yeah, December 2019. Anything before 2020 is kind of blurry. I got to go back and check on it. And then, of course, 2020 hit, and everybody gets locked down, and the world kind of changes for everybody for a while. So we have been sitting on this idea. We sat down and we came up with what we wanted to do. We came up with the name of the show, which that went back and forth for a little while. Um, and then once we had the name, I tapped a friend of ours, uh, Shannon down in Florida. I was like, Hey, artist person, I need a logo. Here's what I want it to look like. And if you look at any of our social media, our logo is all over it. Uh, she designed that for us and turned it over to us and stuff. So we had the beginnings pretty quick um, of what we were wanting to do. Uh, and one of the big things I think that we really want to do is we're probably going to focus a lot on the local community and work out from there. Uh, we're actually coming to you from Virginia Beach. Uh, I talked Josh into moving up here about a year ago. Um, and him and his wife bought a house. They moved up here. And then we were like, all right, 2020, you're here. And then we had to get on it and get stuff done. Um, but we really, really want to look at the locals, uh, the local community, the scene that's going on here and talk some about that try to bring as much of that in there because there's just there's so much good that's in this community now admitted to we there are flaws and there are definitely things that we're not going to I know I have no intention of dealing with people that are gatekeeping any of this hobby um, I'll tell you right now that I think both of us have had this talk and no there's no reason to you know ever since I've been playing there's always been this group of your fun is wrong types and it's ridiculous for all the good memories that we've shared already. They're out there for anybody. And it should be something that's open. 
we want to share this with as many people as we can. This this hobby, this passion, really the way the best way to describe it. Let everyone know that there is room for you at this table. Uh, no matter where you come from, what background you come from, where you identify yourself in in this life, there is room for you at this table to come and enjoy yourself, to step back from the problems that we all go through in life, and just take a moment to have fun. You know, make memories with people around the table, make friends. That sort of thing is what we really want to open up to people. Uh, in our local community, we have many game stores and things like that we want to highlight. Uh, we want to tell you about, you know, kind of what we have here, but we also want to bring people. Um, he mentioned the artist friend that we have down in Florida. Those are the kind of people we want to bring on our show and introduce and discuss their point of view about different things in gaming. You know, what it's like for them, what what they enjoy about gaming, some of their favorite moments. Just again, to reinforce this fact that, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. Come take a seat at the table. Give it a shot. Find out what this hobby is all about. Like he said, there are definitely areas and places that as a hobby and as a community, we can grow better. Um, and I think that just comes from being being human. Um, there are always ways that we can look to improve ourselves and improve our interactions with people around us. But there is so much good at the core of this community. Um, and there are so many great experiences that are still out there to be had um, by whoever is willing to sit down at the table. That's going to be a reoccurring theme you're going to hear um, over and over on the show is we want to open it up. Um, I definitely and I've talked to Josh. We've kind of planned, you know, hey, what's this going to be different from other podcasts that are out there? Because if you go on any of your preferred podcast, you know, media or sites and you throw in gaming podcasts, you're going to get 100 results. So what we're going to try to do different is we're just going to try to bring stuff together from, like I said, the local community around us and probably mostly on the eastern seaboard. Um, the east coast here where we are is probably we're going to be heavily focused, but we still want to hear about what's going on out there. We'll tell you, like, at the end of the show, information for our social media. Feel free to contact us. I want to bring in some of the local artists, the creative types, you know, cosplayers, people that run games, people that are running, uh, like, gaming groups, stuff like that. Have them come on and talk to us because gaming for us is going to be very different from it is from a lot of people. Like I said, my official DM, Leslie, I'm hoping to have her come talk to us. Um, probably very different gaming experience than, you know, a straight white guy has had in this community. So that's the kind of stuff I want to highlight. And that's the kind of stuff we want to bring in and show everybody that, hey, no matter who you are or where you're at, you know, there's a way to find a place here. So that's kind of where we're going to focus on this. And we've got a couple different things that we're going to do. Uh, local content, interviews with people. Um, hopefully, when we get back to doing some cons, we'll be able to do some uh, interviews with some, uh, you know, some of the different gaming companies, the representatives, some of the people that are out there, you know, pushing this. We would love to, um, in the future, uh, if we are able to get to conventions and things like that, um, is to, you know, possibly do interviews with some of the designers and things like that to uh, bring, not just talk about the game that they've come out with, um, but really get their experience in the gaming world from their perspective. Because um, as my brother mentioned, um, our experience is going to be different from other people's um, in the way that not only we interpret the community, but as well as our experiences we've had. Uh, and I think one of the ways that we can grow as a community and grow better as a community is to identify those experiences that others have had and really look to grow from them um, and learn from them, really. Uh, one of the other things we would like to do um, is discuss some of the games that we play. 
as he mentioned, if you go on any of your preferred sites, you know, YouTube or any podcast, you'll be able to find review podcasts or videos about whatever game you ever wanted to know. Um, that's not really what we're going to be bringing. We have games that we enjoy and we want to highlight those games. They're not necessarily the newest, you know, hottest thing to come out on the shelf. The new hotness. Yeah, but they are definitely games that we enjoy. And we want to bring those to you. Maybe you've never played them. Maybe you've never heard of them. Uh, we want to highlight those, some of the things we enjoy about them, maybe some of the things we don't like as well, but really bring those out. Hopefully show you something that if you haven't played it, maybe you want to give it a shot. Or if you have, of course, you can chime in and let us know what you think about it as well. And then lastly, we really, again, want to focus around, um, have a little section on gaming culture. All sorts of different things fit under this very large umbrella. Everything from um, the thrill of buying games versus playing games. I know when I first started collecting, that was a big thing for me is filling my shelf and having all these games, uh, which unfortunately leads to a large shelf of shame. There's what, at least three games that we've talked about. You know what? We're going to play this game one day and it's still on the list. <laughs> and, I, and I do the same thing. I, I enjoy the sitting around and playing the game more than I do actually playing the game, if that makes sense. like. That community and the getting together with people, I think that's what I miss and that's what I enjoy more about them, which is why I have a, I have a few games on my shelf that still haven't been played. And we have a version of Clank Legacy that is two years in the making that we haven't gotten through the beginning of yet. Some of the other things we want to talk about in that, I, of course, like I said, they, they're a very wide umbrella of topics. Um, so we just want to have a small section in regards to that, um, just to kind of discuss some of these common gaming culture things that we all come across. And then lastly, we want to do a section that we're entitling Know Your Character. Yes. So this is more back to some of the TTRPG types. Um, and it's something we'll put on the uh, Facebook page and eventually a website when we get around to building it. Baby steps here, people. Baby steps. I want to see your character. Uh, one of the things that I really enjoy about playing tabletop RPG is when I'm not running the game is making characters. Like, I do the backstory, you know, I know why this character is this character before I come sit at the table. And if you're that type of person, I want to see it. We're not talking just D&D 5th Edition. I mean, if you've got a Fate Core character that you've played, if you've got a Delta Green character, White Wolf, Vampire, you know, whatever, whatever you're playing, we'll have a little sheet. If you want to fill it out and send it to us, and if we use it, I'll read it on air, and we'll get into the, that character and talk about it. Definitely, um, we'll send you something from the show. I, I want to hear what you are playing and what you guys have going out there and, and what makes you tick when you sit down at the table to play. That is one of my favorite parts when going into a new campaign um, is sitting down and, and looking at a new character, you know, starting from scratch, building them, you know, from their backstory, you know, all the way through what makes this character tick. Oftentimes we will talk just, you know, in our regular conversations during the week and it'll come up. Hey, so I had this really cool idea for a character and it'll be whatever we pitch and we'll discuss it a little bit. Um, but as he said, we want to know what you guys are playing. Uh, what are some of your favorite characters you've come up with or even character ideas? Just shoot us over what you guys are doing, what you're looking at, what you're building. Uh, lastly, uh, the section we want to cover is kind of tabletop news. In this section, we want to talk about some new Kickstarters that have po caught our eye, possibly backing, uh, maybe ones that you should take a look at as well, and just kind of um, go from there on those. What's the last thing you back on Kickstarter? Uh, Nemesis. 
the aftermath, the second uh, the second edition that came out or the expansion for it. Okay. Okay, we have Nemesis. Nemesis is going on our list of games that we're going to play and review eventually. Um, that was a good one. I just backed one that just finished and uh, just got funded. So if you're not familiar with Kickstarter, Kickstarter is crowdfunding, where somebody comes up with an idea, they put it on there, and people can say, hey, I like that idea, and they pledge to donate money to it to get it off the ground, right? And it's more than just games. It's, uh, oh my god, you can get lost in such a rabbit hole on that site. I mean, I like this thing. There's a, there's something on Kickstarter for that thing. I'll almost guarantee it. Um, we specifically go in there and we look at some of the games. So the last thing I backed was a game called Cultivate. And it was created by Pops and Beiju Games. And I hope I'm saying that right. You have five different characters that you can choose from. And all of them are cult leaders. So the point of the game is to fill up your compound. So you collect followers. Different types of followers are worth different points and where they actually position themselves on your little sheet that you get determines, you know, points later on. You can have bonus points if you get them in the right place. But there's also like government agents that you have to watch out for if they infiltrate your cult. Um, and it just looks like a blast watching the uh, the commercial on it. If you haven't checked it out, Cultivate on Kickstarter. They just got funded so it is going to happen. So they will be taking pre-orders too. Definitely go check it out. It just looks like a blast to play. Uh, the other thing we want to talk about is some new releases in the tabletop world. Uh, we will bring a section on that. Some of the newer stuff that is coming out, kind of things that have caught our eye. If you don't know much about tabletop gaming, it is impossible to keep track of every single new release oh. that has come out or that Absolutely. is coming out. Um, fortunately, in this hobby, we have a lot of great resources, uh, including uh, BoardGameGeek.com or BGG, as most people know it. They have a list of what they call the hotness, uh, which is some of the newest hotness. games that is uh, they are gathering the most steam on the website. People talking about them, discussing them. That's usually one way to catch a lot of the newer stuff coming out. Because one thing about this hobby, everyone loves the next thing. But that's one of the things we want to bring, just quick segments on those, just to kind of uh, bring you guys some more content. We're planning to drop our first two episodes, and then every other Friday, um, be able to drop a new episode for you guys. So that's our schedule. Um, we're looking at, you know, a couple of games that we have already that we're going to review. The first one up, I'll tell you, is going to be Dice Throne, which is one of still one of my favorite games to play. We'll get a rundown on it. And talk about what we like about it, what we maybe don't like about it, and then kind of tell you what we think you should look at if you're wanting to get into it. Uh, the other games that we're looking possibly, Rising Sun, Nemesis, and then we're going to try to pull some RPG content. And when you guys hear these episodes, we definitely want to hear feedback from you. If you have played the game we discuss, you know, tell us uh, what you think about it. Um, did you enjoy it? Are there things about it you would like to change? Uh, and especially as we get into, you know, the gaming culture sections and the community sections, um, we do want to hear from you guys. Maybe you have similar experiences to the things we talk about. I mean, even your stories of your favorite gaming moments, mm -hmm. those things like that, send them to us. Uh, we enjoy meeting other gamers. That was one of the coolest things about PAX was meeting these people there who have this shared interest. Yeah. Um, and they have stories just like ours uh, that we're able to go back and forth and, again, learn more about others who are in this hobby. 60,000 new friends. It was a good three days. <laughs> Uh, and like I said, at the end of the show, we will release all of our uh, social media, places where to find us. If you follow us on there, you'll be able to see pictures and things like that.
like that of the games that we are looking to review in the coming episodes. Uh, we will go through, kind of break out the components, have you guys take a look at them, um, that sort of thing, just to give you a visual representation of what we're talking about. Cool. All right, kids. So just like the paladin who's failed his last death save, we are out of time. For the Dapper Meeple, I'm Jim. And I'm Josh. Good night, everybody. Thanks, everyone, for sticking around and listening to our show. Hey, if you enjoyed what we're doing here, follow us and leave a like. It really helps us out. And if you have anything to say back to us, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at the Dapper Meeple or at dappermeeplegaming at gmail.com. And as always, we'll save you a seat at the table.